welcome to the Take Six Podcast. What 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 up? What's up, everybody? This is the Take Six Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Hunter Surplus. As always, joined joining me on the show through Skype, a couple streets away. Callum Wise, what's going on, big man? Not too much, pal. Not too much. It's been a while, you know. I'm glad we're back yeah. and yeah. Uh, getting back into things. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, as I'm sure you guys probably know, this is a Raptors episode based on whatever the title is going to be. I don't know yet. Um, but this is Raptors. We're going to be talking the Raptors. Right now, they are 8-3, 11 games in, tied for second in the Eastern Conference with the uh, with the Miami Heat, which is kind of surprising, and the Milwaukee Bucks, not surprising. Boston is top of the East at 10-1, and one, which to me is a little bit shocking. Um, the Raptors are, you know, one of the better defenses in the league, top half in offense. They are, they are playing really well right now. They they know what they're doing. The team looks really good. Callum, Pascal Siakam, that is our guy. That is our guy. He looks obviously the best out of the guys on this team. People around the league and kind of like uh, NBA Twitter, NBA Instagram kind of thing have been have been coming out and saying that. Spicy P is kind of in in the MVP conversation right now. Are you buying that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think most team, you know, most teams have that guy. They have the guy that they they rely on to to be their main point scorer. To him being ours, but he's just a whole nother level. Oh, like he's averaging twenty seven points a game with ten or a. Uh, just under 10 rebounds. Yeah, just under 10 rebounds. And Buddy's looking like he's the reincarnation of Kawhi Leonard. He's average, He's getting pretty much the same stats as Kawhi when he was on this team uh, during like the span of the beginning of the season. So, yeah, like they have him, what, like fifth right now in MVP talks behind? Uh, in, yeah, like that's the, that's the NBA kind of – that's yeah. what the NBA has him at right now, yeah. And I, I agree with, like, I think LeBron is for sure above him. Giannis for sure. Giannis is, his averages right now are insane. What is he, like 30 and 14? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, That's it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Um, like, you could argue, like, above Harden because Harden's, like, field goal percentage is still, like, pretty trash. But, like, obviously he's getting more points than him, so... Uh, and he's had those huge games already. Like, I mean, Siakam had that that 44-point game. But I think he's right where he should be currently in the MVP talks. Like, I don't think he's going to get it this year, obviously, because, like, LeBron is playing insane, uh, Giannis as well. But I'd say in the near future, he could definitely be in that uh, end-of-the-year, like, top three when they announce the, the MVP candidates. Like, he's looking like he's already on his way. Yeah, and I think like the biggest, my biggest um, kind of argument for Siakam kind of being in that discussion is how well the Raptors are doing, right? Like yeah, I mentioned, sure. eight, they're eight and three, um, which is insane, and especially since they've been missing Lowry and Ibaka the past three games in which they've gone two and one, and one of those games 
basically two of those games they were also without OG Ananobi, which is one of their mm-hmm. one of their guys. He's playing well on both ends of the court as well. You know, he not only is he one of the better defensive guys, or not only one of the better offensive guys in the league at the moment, he's one of the better defensive guys. And and you, you know, you mentioned his stats, right? The the twenty seven and nine. There's only I'm gonna there's there's only six guys I'm gonna say because Paul George has only played one game, but there's only six guys in the league who are averaging over twenty five points and over nine re- or over eight and a half rebounds right now. And if I if I made that nine, it would be only five guys. Those guys are Giannis, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Pascal Siakam. All of those guys of which are in the MVP conversation or in and around the MVP conversation. The only thing is like Pascal Siakam also isn't missing games. You know what I mean? Like not that, not that Doncic or Giannis or Carl Anthony Towns are missing games, but the guys like Anthony Davis, LeBron James eventually is going to miss a few games. Carl Anthony Towns, if they are in the playoffs or around the playoffs, like he usually doesn't miss games, but you could see it happening Giannis, I'm sure that uh, the Bucks, after seeing what happened last year, I'm sure the Bucks are going to get him a little bit of load management at some point this year. And Luka Doncic, who knows? He's young enough to keep it going. But Pascal Siakam has pretty much played, you know, almost every single game the past two years. La- uh, 2017, 18, 81 games. Last season, 80 games. This year, he's played all all 11 of the Raptors games. So. That's obviously going to help. And like I said, the fact that they're winning and that this is quite obviously his team because he's leading it so so well, like I think it's there. Do you think it's gonna do you think it's gonna continue realistically? A hundred percent. Dude, like this he's not necessarily young anymore, but he is still not even close to his peak, I think. What is he, twenty six? Uh twenty five. Twenty five. 25. 25 years old, and this guy became the player that he is, or like showed signs of it only last year, and that's so late for so many players. Like if 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 player usually players when they have like the beginning of their career like Pascal did, where it wasn't that great, you know, like didn't look too like he didn't look like he he found his spot in the NBA. That happens to a lot of guys, and they kind of just like give up, and then they don't amount to anything. This guy turned it up like seven thousand different levels, and then, <laughs> then became one of the best players in the league in the in the span of two years, which is insane to me. Like it's kind of like what happened with Giannis, because like Giannis came in, he was a scrawny little dude, uh, and then he just burst into the scene, and now is quite arguably the best player in the league like only besides like LeBron James pretty much like this guy, you don't average 30 points and 14 rebounds unless you're Shaq. All right. Like that. And, and it's crazy. Cause like he, like he's in like with, like you're saying his improvements kind of like getting like every single year, like he has added something to his game. Like it's very DeMar DeRozan esque, right? Like how DeRozan every single year, he would have something new to his game. Uh, that wasn't a three pointer, obviously, but yeah. like, with Siakam, he he has added that three-point shot. And not just like the corner three, which is what he added last year, but he's able to ball handle a lot better. His passing's better this year. His usage is way up because of 
the additions that he's made, which is giving him more opportunities to make passes and giving him more opportunities to get the ball in different areas and shoot the top of the break threes or get into the paint and do what he does best. And like, like you're saying, like his improvements have been Giannis S like every single year, his free throw percentage has jumped every single year. Pretty much like his field goal percentage has pretty much stayed around the same, like around 50%. But the thing that stands out is his three point percentage going up, right? Like Mm -hmm. this year he's shooting 37% from three. That's insane. He's taking six threes a game and he's hitting 37% of them. It's nuts. So I agree with you like that. I think it can continue. However, like I said, like he is playing a lot of minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like he's playing, oh, he's playing like 37 minutes a night, which is quite a bit in this day and age for the NBA. And with Lowry and Ibaka out, especially he's going to have his, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, which means I think he can, like, if there's a guy who can, like, who's athletically inclined enough to be able to kind of have the ball in his hands as much as Giannis, or not Giannis, as much as Pascal Siakam does, is it's like, it's Pascal Siakam, it's Giannis, it's LeBron, it's guys like that. And I think, like, he's so young, and I think the playoffs really helped him last year in terms of, like, people really focusing on him, where he now he's like, all right, I need to be able to find a way to get not just through the defense but get get through the defense and make the best play possible which is really cool to watch yeah 100 percent. i think like like what you were talking about earlier that the fact that this team is winning as much as they are especially considering the injuries that we've had already like kyle lowry and serge Ibaka, going on this road trip and beating the best team in the lakers like besides like Boston, but like I don't think their record shows how good or the the level of team that they are, um, and as well as Portland, like and even the Clippers, man, like they had that game until the fourth quarter, and then they kind of just and even uh, like even in the fourth quarter, like they were within four points with like yeah. what, four minutes left, two minutes they left, like they just scored ten points, and it was it was just a really bad fourth quarter. I think. It was partly burnout because he's got what their what's their roster number right now? Well, they're they're all playing guys, but it was their you know it was their third game in four nights, second night of a back to back, which is probably the that's probably the true, hardest back to back in all of basketball. <laughs> yeah, the you know double what I'm saying? Lakers, like, yeah, going the Lakers the double and LA. The, yeah, like Lakers then Clippers, like fat chance you're winning both those games. There's, and that's just like. And that's a, the biggest thing about that game is, like, you could tell that they were gassed at the end of it. And when you're watching it, you literally, like, you could literally tell that they were just mm-hmm. gassed and they were just throwing up shots. And Pascal Siakam was still impacting the game whenever he was in there. It was just, hey, we just played 48 minutes last night against the Lakers in which we whoop. Well, we didn't really whoop them, but in which we whooped them. And then we we go up against the Clippers team, who is you know one of the toughest teams to play in the league. So it was it was really cool to watch them go up against both those teams. And yeah, like you said, like they are not necessarily playing the most guys, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about their bench. Do you, so in terms of the MVP conversation, like how how many wins do the Raptors need to really? like actually get Siakam some real consideration for the MVP. 
Because if the like if the Raptors are like the four or five seed in the East, I don't think there's a chance that he's up there. Yeah, I think you've got to finish top three, possibly second. I like, man, the way this is going, they could easily do it. Like, they're not facing easy teams. They just went on. They're still on a super hard road trip, and they're two and one right now. They can make it three and one tonight, and I think it's very possible that they finished on the top three. And if you want Pascal to be in the MVP conversation, you need to be in that at least top three, probably top two seeds in the East. Yeah. I'm thinking probably somewhere around 50 wins they'll need. Like if they get to 50, 52 wins or something like they'll, he'll be in a really good spot because you know that most of that is going to be him, especially with the injuries. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think it's doable. I didn't. I would not have thought that it was doable. Well, actually, I did. I thought they were going to win 52 games at the beginning of the year, but I didn't think it was going to look this good this early. That's yeah. kind of the biggest thing. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna they can do it. It's just how they last with like Lowry and Ibaka gone for however long. So the guy who's like been beside Pascal Siakam, Callum, Fred Van Fleet has been playing really well. 17 points per game, 7.6 assists, 40% from three, and 1.6 steals a game. Are you buying the Fred Van Fleet for the All-Star game, or are you kind of out on that? Like, it's so tough because the point guard, like, the point guards are so, like, there's so many good ones in the East. Not even so many, but there is, like, there's a Kyrie, there's a Kemba, and that pretty much takes up the, the like a, a big portion of the point guards. Like he can still make it on the bench. I think I, uh, especially depending on how long Kyle Lowry's out. Cause I think Kyle Lowry can take that spot from him. Uh, if he continues to play because he's just, he has better stats. He has better stats than Fred. I think Fred is showing out that he and Siakam can run this team, which I really like so that, like even last year you and me you and I said that the future of this team is so bright that it wouldn't matter if Kawhi Leonard didn't come back because we have Pascal we have Fred we have OG like Boucher has been looking a lot better this year we have these guys that show we don't or we didn't have to rely on that one superstar we have a future here and we're going to have a lot of cap space coming up so like you never know i think that fred van vliet oh like i still don't think they're gonna play him over kyle lowry so i kyle's gonna get the point or he's gonna get the stats i hope fred gets in because he is playing out of his mind like he's continuing to play like he was in the playoffs which is great but i don't know how nick nurse is gonna run these guys when kyle lowry comes back i hope they split it and they both start games as the as the point guard, but you never know. Yeah, well, like Van Fleet has started every game this year, and like he has been, he's yeah, just been the, like the as, as the a shoot guard. shooting yeah. guard, right? Like, but they he's a, he is kind of playing as a point guard in some roles. They're they're just running it with two ball handlers, but he is playing heavy minutes, right? Like he's mm-hmm. up over thirty eight minutes, I think it is, which is a lot. Like I said with Pascal, there he is playing a lot of minutes, but. Here's the like like kind of you said that the the East is so deep like with their guards. So here Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, Kemba Walker, 
Jason Tatum has been really good. Brogdon has been really good this year. Jalen Brown, especially on that 10 and one Celtics team have, has been really good. As you mentioned, Kyle Lowry, if he doesn't miss too many games, he is a pretty good candidate for that. And then there's guys who are kind of having a little bit of a, like not necessarily breakout year, but years that are really good. Derek Rose, even though he's on a bit of a garbage team, um, Eric Bledsoe, they're going to be a really good team. Terry Rozier has looked okay. Like it, it's kind of deep. And I think like Fred Van Fleet obviously isn't in that Brad Beal, Kyrie, Trey Young, Kemba Walker space, but he is in that kind of, he's in that tier below them. But like you said, if Kyle Lowry's not in and, and this team is, I don't know, like 10 games over 500 or something by the time the all-star game comes and the all-star voting comes, I'd be shocked if, if Van Fleet doesn't get a lot of votes and presumably his counting stats will go up because as we've seen with, uh, with Van Fleet, like over the past few games, he has really been putting on a show. I mean, he hasn't necessarily been doing that throughout the whole season, but you know, he had 30 points against Portland, only 14 against the Clippers, but 23 against the Lakers. And then, you know, obviously that 34 point opening opening game, and he has been looking really good. You know what not I mean? To, I have to mention defense as well. Like, and his defense, you're right. But the defense in, in all-star voting doesn't yeah, necessarily <laughs> Rudy go big. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like he's had the big performances that have kind of shown out with uh with that type of thing, but I still think that in terms of like the nat like national media in terms of the US, they're still going to give almost all of this credit to Pascal Siakam for the team's success and not as much to Fred Van Fleet, which is unfortunate. But if Lowry is out longer than expected, or if the Raptors kind of decide if Van Fleet's playing well enough that they can leave Lowry out longer than expected, then he probably does have a fighting, you know, a fighting chance. And some of these guys, like some of those guys that I mentioned, um, in that, like Trey Young, their team's not very good. Kyrie Irving, he's he's a lock pretty much for the All Star game, but not very good. Zach Levine, the Bulls aren't doing so well. Derek Rose, I kind of mentioned on that fringe, like they're not doing so well. If 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 Brogdon kind of keeps declining the way that he has over the past couple games, he might not make the All Star game over a guy like Van Fleet on a team who's much better. But with that being said, like I don't, I think it'll be tough for him to get in. I don't know if the Raptors will have enough wins maybe around that time to really get the deserving vote. But especially like if he has some more games where he shuts down or the other teams like point guard doesn't score a lot, like, like he did with Dame Lillard, who only had nine points in that game against Portland, then I think he might get some of the coaches votes and the media votes, maybe more so than the fan vote. So I think that's probably how he gets in. But he's definitely not going to be a starter. Oh yeah, no way. That's for sure. That's for sure. And I, and I think like there's probably four or five guys that are locks above him, and he would kind of have to fly in into that sixth guard spot. But we'll see. But we'll see. Going beyond, and we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but going beyond the obviously Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam here, who have been really impressive to start the season. Outside of those two, who have been who has been your most impressive player? And I have so I have like I have two guys. So I'm gonna let you go first because I think you're probably gonna pick one of them. 
I'm gonna guess OG is the one you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, OG is for sure, just because like this guy is showing that he he's just improving so much. Like, and obviously, it would have been nice to have him in the playoffs last year, but we won, so it doesn't matter. Um, but he's showing that he's he's a block god, and he also can can score and get rebounds too. Like, he's a very like he's a very athletic player and he's a great defensive player and I love that. I think we need one of those guys on our team. Um and I also I want to say Terrence Davis, man. I think this guy is playing super well. He was the one who went undrafted, right? Yeah. 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 He's playing so well for going undrafted. Like this guy's so athletic as well. He's I love watching him play. He's a great player to watch. Yeah, no, I like I like both those picks. Um, Terrence Davis wasn't my second one, but yeah, you're right. Like he has been, I you know he hasn't been necessarily an impact player, but in his no. twelve and a half minutes, like he is very, like he gets twelve and a half minutes a game. In those, you know, he is and he works. He yeah, works in those twelve minutes, and man. that's like he is he is one of those guys. You can tell that it's kind of the same thing as like a uh, Red. Fred Van Fleet, right? Like he's got that kind of Kyle Lowry bulldog mentality where it's just, I'm going to work harder than you and I'm going to do as best as I can against you. He's shooting 45% from three as well and 44% from the field. OG Ananobi, he's shooting 52%, almost 53% from three and 55 from the field. Like that's crazy. With OG, like, especially with how last year kind of played out and how he his his struggles and him missing all this time because of injury and and the the stuff with his dad and whatnot like i think that this is a really good sign to a not only see that og is in like a really good place this year with like his mental space and like physically and stuff he's in a really good space but also that like i wasn't i wasn't sure what to expect this season from OG because of his because of how last season went and it's good to see that you know with the uptick in minutes and with the uptick in kind of responsibility he is taking that step forward like you said the defense is unbelievable which is kind of what we thought and you know I just I'm just really happy with with what I've seen and I don't think it could be any better really from OG but the guy that I was going to say other than OG Ananobi is actually uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who after like training camp where Nick Nurse called him out and basically said like he's been garbage, <laughs> has really, really, really outperformed expectations. And mainly because of that whole like, yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> you know he what I on, mean? He uh, was on Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So yeah. he... He has only played in four games. He's only averaging nine points a game, which is all right. But he's shooting 56% from the field. He hasn't taken a single three, probably because he knows that he sucks at it. (laughs) Which is good that he knows that. Which is good. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of people try to force things up. He kind of knows his role. He's He's not dribbling the ball too much. He's not asking for a huge role in the offense. He doesn't have the ball enough to really try to get assists so he's only averaging one a game he isn't complaining when he's not you know when he's not out there and to be honest like 
like we kind of mentioned with Terrence Davis and how we've said with OG and Fred Van Fleet and Lowry, like he just works hard. He's diving after balls. He's going to get rebounds. He's doing everything in his power to to try to impact this team in a positive way. Like he's only he's only uh, averaging 18 and a half minutes, but he's also he's almost got six rebounds a game, which is pretty crazy to think about. Two point eight offensive rebounds per game for a guy who's only uh six foot six is is good like those are almost like relatively elite offensive rebounding numbers he's getting to the line a lot um you know two and a half free throw attempts a game which is impressive to me just like i think the biggest thing is how he has kind of shown out since the injuries and how he has how usually when injuries come, especially to guys so important to your team, like Ibaka and Lowry are, is that, you know, sometimes you bring someone in and they don't fill that role and they're a negative. Hollis Jefferson hasn't been a negative. He hasn't necessarily been a total positive, but I think he is way closer to a positive on both sides of the floor than he has been a negative just because of him knowing his role and like, the hustle that he brings and the heart and the determination that like, I think kind of defines this Raptors team in the sense of like, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily have the most talent on the team outside of Siakam, Van Fleet, Lowry, you know, Kasala Baca kind of thing. Like those aren't the most talented names in the league, but they have a lot of heart and a lot of intensity. And I've like, I've really liked what I've seen from Hollis Jefferson. And I think I don't think like I know he's he's played his way into a bigger role on the team, which is pretty dope. For sure. And so like we've we've talked about these injuries. Um, how are how are you liking the Raptors bench unit now? Because at the beginning of the season they sucked. I, like you can't like you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like the beginning of the year they sucked. They weren't getting played at all. What do you what do you see now that you are enjoying about this team? Like, I mean, so they were forced to be played because of the injuries to Ibaka and Lowry and the fact that Gasol has been absolute trash. <laughs> um, so Nick Nurse was like, all right, we're going to start playing these guys more and hopefully they can assist our boys like Pascal and Freddie to to actually like let, like make us win. And it's worked, man. We're 8-3. and three. I didn't think we'd find our feet that fast without Kawhi. Like I knew that we were going to do well this season. Like we weren't going to be trash. Obviously I said, what? I think I said 54 wins. Something like that. Yeah. I have it down somewhere, but I didn't. uh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said 54 wins. So I knew that the bench would find their way. Eventually. I didn't think it'd be this fast, especially because the bench is pretty new Outside of like Norm, uh, I mean OG has been starting. So yeah, like Ibaka <laughs> and Boucher have been there, but Boucher hasn't really been like a regular. Boucher, I get what new. you're saying. He's he's yeah. new. Yeah, he's, he's new. new. Yeah. Like, so yeah, we got like a completely new guy. We got Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, Ronnie Ellis Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, and uh, Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas, yeah, who is a great three point shooter, by the way, and uh, he's found his role as being that three-point shooter which is great because we don't have a lot of those other than like siakam which is surprising and uh like kyle lowry obviously being that guy and freddie like the the guys you mainly think but then 
uh, like most teams have those bench guys who like come on to like shoot the three, or, like who are the shooters, mainly shooters. And it's good that we have some guys like that now. And they all like they get their points and they get out like they don't average a lot of minutes, but they they add up when you when everyone on the bench is getting like a little amount of points, it adds up, especially when you have guys like Siakam who are, who's averaging 27 points a game. And Lowry as well, who's averaging almost 22. <clears throat> when you have your main guys and you just add on a nice bench to it, you win games. And that's what... Plus, a lot of these guys are really good at defense, which has been the trend for the Raptors these past few years. And the stats on this road trip have proven it, man. Like, we even though we lost to the Clippers, we kept Kawhi Leonard to, what was it, 14 points? Yeah. 14 points, terrible free or uh, field goal percentage, kept LeBron to 12 points, uh, kept Damian Lillard to under 10 points for the first time in what I think it was like 200 games. Yeah, that's bull jive. That, He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> that bum ass. <laughs> but like that's crazy. Like you're keeping these insane star players. They're you're keeping them under control, and that is great to see that defense on this team is improving and improving and improving. And it's, it's showing in our record so far that this bench is worked really well as opposed to like, like last year, our bench was pretty trash and yeah. previous years, man, like the Damari yeah, Carroll era, yeah, like outside of, outside of that one, like bench mob year. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Raptors haven't had a great bench and, I think like you're you're bringing up good points with them like being really good defensively and them knowing their roles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for you know before the in, like before the the injury bug hit the Raptors or whatever, um, they were the least used bench in the league and had the least amount of points per game, which kind of go hand in hand. But now that they're playing, and obviously like you can't look at the stats for a bench because some of the bench players are starting and whatnot. But you know, like you said, they're playing their role. Matt Thomas shoots seventy almost three quarters of his shots are from three point land mm -hmm. and, and almost, you know, like almost 25% are from the corner. Every single one of his shots that he takes is assisted every single shot. So there's not one time where he's not taking like a catch and shoot shot, which is exactly what he needs to do. As you, you mentioned, Norm Powell, like he was, he was always going to be in this, in this t system and in this role. But over the past four games, He's, you know, 18 points, 14 points, 15 points. He had a dud against Portland with only two points. But, you know, he's he's just he's been playing really well. Chris Boucher has ha had those two games in L.A. where he played really well. The 15 against the Lakers and 13 against the Clippers and a couple of really big blocks. We already talked about Rondé Hollis Jefferson kind of making his name for himself. The one disappointment has been Stanley Johnson, I think. Yeah. Obviously, we we haven't we didn't really mention Ter we did mention Terrence Davis earlier. He's been really good as well, doing his his part and kind of being a spark plug off the bench. Ter um sorry, not Terrence Davis. Stanley Johnson has been the one kind of dark yeah, spot. I, th I thought he'd be team. a lot better, man. I thought I, you know what? And his his intention is there, I think. You know, he just like the rest of the guys, like we've talked about a bunch here, he tries really hard. He's got that effort gene that the Raptors seem to love about players. He's just not, uh, he does, he tries to do a little bit too much when he has the ball. And because of that, it has really led to 
pretty much no minutes this year. You know what I mean? Like he has, uh, he's only played in five games this season and he's only averaging like under four minutes a game, under four minutes a game. With one point. With one one point average. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it really sucks to see. Um, you hate to see this kind of thing with a guy like that. He's only 23 years old. Uh, and he's kind of just being buried because he's he was also one of those guys who was called out by uh, Nick Nurse at the beginning of the year, and you can see why. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he he isn't he isn't doing what he needs to do, and for a guy who's known for his defense, hasn't been good on that defensive end, which is what Nick Nurse called him out for. And out of the two guys that got called out for it. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is the one who kind of picked up that slack and it would have been nice to see Stanley Johnson do that, but he's, he's not, uh, he's not doing well. That's, that's for sure. Which is, which sucks. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Another guy who's been struggling, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, Marcus Saul. Are you, are you kind of concerned about this or are you like, are you kind of fine with how Gasol has been playing? Uh, like, as much as him, like, playing bad, I'm pretty okay with it because of, like, the two main reasons. First, he's old as hell. Like, <laughs> I think, uh, like, he can buy this time, you know? Like, we don't need him right now. If we get to the When we get to the playoffs, depending on the round, like, we're going to need his help. But right now, I don't, I don't care if he averages zero points a game, man. Like, this guy won the NBA championship. <laughs> Then while everyone was resting, this man went to the World Cup and won that as well. Like, he played so much basketball for how old he is. And at an extremely high level, too. Like, you go to the finals, that's like a whole nother round. And then you go to the FIBA World Cup, and then you get to the finals and win that. So you're playing a whole bunch of extra games. He had pretty much no offseason because right after the FIBA, he, he had to go to training camp for the Raptors. So it's like... This guy didn't have any time off, and it's showing right now that like he just didn't have enough rest in the offseason. And I think let him rest during games. Like if he doesn't play that much, I don't care. Like we're we're winning without his help, pretty much. Like if you can do that, let this man rest. Let him not break his kneecaps playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, like his his mobility, as you're kind of alluding to here, has has not been has not been good like he's especially in those first five games I think like he looked really slow he didn't look like he wanted to grab any rebounds he's only scored 10 points in three games this year um which is not great but he you know he is shooting really well from three which watching the games like I know in the couple of games that we watched together we've been like what the hell is this guy doing like this guy's (laughs) missing every single wide open shot he can't do anything, but he is shooting over 40% from three, which is, you know, pretty much a, it's basically from the past seven games that he's played. Um, he's averaging like 28, 29 minutes a game, which isn't a whole lot. It's gone up since Ibaka obviously has gone out because they don't really have anyone else other than that. But the one thing that I do like about him right now is like he's he's still he's still looking smart. Like the IQ is never going to go away. You know what I mean? He's always a big part of the offense. He's 
always a plus for the Raptors when he's on the court. Like, it's always going to be a good kind of moment. And like you said, he did have that basically non-existent offseason, but he was playing basketball. So he is still in shape for the most part, I believe. But he just he just does look tired. So hopefully when Ibaka comes back, and if Boucher does earn some you know quality minutes over the next little while while Ibaka's out, maybe they start looking at maybe starting Ibaka, playing him more minutes to get Ibaka back into shape so that Gasol, like you said, can kind of rest for the playoffs because that's when we'll need him the most, especially if the Raptors are winning like this. And they don't need him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like They you really don't, don't need him. him. Yeah, Yeah, no, but they've looked really good outside of that. Um, so this week, the Raptors, oh no, where'd I go with this schedule here? This week, <laughs> I said this week, the Raptors are, are, they start this week, sorry, by playing the Dallas Mavericks, which is tonight at 8.30 at Dallas. Then they go home where they play the Charlotte Hornets and the Orlando Magic on Wednesday, and then they have... Thursday, Friday off, and then play Atlanta on Saturday. So not necessarily the hardest schedule here, Callum. You want to give a prediction? Thank God, exactly. You want to give a couple predictions uh, as how they do? Yeah, I'll go go game by game. Yeah. Like tonight, Kagan's the Dallas Mavericks. So obviously they have two studs in Luka and Chris Stapps, but they're not winning games because they don't have a team. Uh, I think tonight's game will be really close, actually. I think it will be like down to the wire, like a shot, like three-point difference at the end of the game. But uh, I'm going to say Toronto Raptors take it. Then next we got Charlotte Hornets. I think we win that by 10 points. Um, then we got the Orlando Magic. Uh, I think we're going to win 100-0. to <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I like to hear. Um, uh, and then we got the Atlanta Hawks. I I'm gonna say we lose that game by two points, just because. Interesting. Are, are we going into the Philly game too, or just? No, we'll just like, do. Yeah, yeah, we'll just do up until Atlanta. I'm gonna say we lose that Atlanta game just because. I think we're going to win all three of these next games, and then we're just going to be just dead. So I think we lose. I think Trey Young's going to drop like 50 points on our head. <laughs> so I think they go into Dallas tonight, and they win a close one, like you said. I think that Siakam clamps up Luka, and Gasol clamps up Porzingis. Yeah. So it might not even be that close. I think Charlotte, they're going to win. I like I could win against Charlotte in, <laughs> in 2K maybe, uh, and then Orlando they are probably going to get the W there, and then Saturday that Hawks game man they're going to have two days of rest which I like it's hard to see this like Siakam when he's not playing back to backs is really good <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's I think I don't think they have anyone to guard Siakam and I think Van Fleet offensively is just going to murder Trey Young. Like I think, I think like Trey Young can't guard Fred Van Fleet. There's no way, he's got like the same kind of archetype as Steph, and we saw how good Van Fleet was against him. So I think they're gonna take that one as well. Yeah, I think they're I'm gonna not, go four zero this week. 
I think they just got that feeling that they're not going to beat them. I I could see them losing to either Orlando or Charlotte, maybe one of these games. But then they're both at home. Like I I could see them losing a game to Orlando, maybe that game. Yeah. But we'll see. I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting, anyways. All right, Cal. That will end it for us today, November sixteenth. Uh, as always, you guys can. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take underscore six is our Twitter. We will be back at some point next week. Easy.